everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. You're almost getting thrown right into the culture right off the bat. And we have experienced so much success just with that little tweak of bringing them into the fold and making them feel part of the family instead of just, I'm the hired whatever that's going to bust tables for eight hours and go home. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy. I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in our entrepreneurial journey, like team building, work-life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. But up first is team building, because we know that as business owners, we're only as strong as our weakest link. We'll be talking about how to build, motivate, and empower your team. And today, we're learning from Dean Ogan, owner and president of Rocky Top Catering, a full-service catering company in the Triangle. From office lunches to over-the-top weddings to catering arrangements at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences, Rocky Top's team of chefs, event managers, and service staff provide award-winning service at any event. So today, we're talking with Dean about how to build, retain, and train such a large team of excellent service professionals in all different roles of a business, particularly when your staff is made up of many part-time employees. Well, we are excited to have you here today. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so odd interviewing somebody that we know fairly well. Like you've had so many conversations. I feel like we could really talk about so many things. (laughs) But today we're talking about teams. We are talking about teams. Right? Because we do think that uh, you have an amazing ability to grow and retain Mm -hmm. a team in what is a very like transient atmosphere, honestly, when you think about hospitality and special events and whatnot. People tend to not either be tend to be lifers or just not stick around for very long, you know. So obviously you're one of the lifers. Yeah. But before we kind of get started into all that, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you first story. got into that? Oh, sure. Hospitality, sure. et cetera. Well, I've been in the hospitality industry since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up on the Jersey Shore. I didn't realize how good I had it. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a less than a mile bike ride to Seabright, New Jersey, which mm-hmm. was a big gathering place for all the Bennies, the people from Brooklyn, Elizabeth, Newark, and New York that would right. come down on the weekends. So great great summer jobs, yeah. mm-hmm. Memorial Day through Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of dove into mm-hmm. hospitality. It was my parents said, get out of the house and go get a job. Yeah, I, I fell in love with the industry, went to college very briefly in, at the University of Tennessee. I immediately got a job when I went to school. So I was working 50 to 60 hours a week wow. when I was supposed to be in school. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I just always loved to work. And uh, that was the path I took. I worked with a, an old concept called Daryl's. Yes. Uh, yeah. You may remember Daryl's. On Hillsborough Street. Uh, that's right. I was on Hillsborough mm-hmm. and Clark. Yeah. I yeah. think David's Dumplings is there now. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. But they, they had several, they had 30 restaurants. That they were they like a chain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they came from the Angus Barn, 42nd Street, mm. uh, 
family. I didn't okay. know that. Yep, the yeah. Winston's family. Yeah, that Daryl Davis was, was Dad Ewer's partner oh, okay. with uh, Charles Winston. So okay. the three of those guys kind of formed oh, okay. the whole thing. Nice. Anyway, I worked for them for 10 years, eventually opened my own restaurant. We owned 12 restaurants over about 15 years. Mm-hmm. But after 10 years, uh, generally during the recession, we started doing some catering mm-hmm. uh, because the restaurants were flailing because of the the, the recession. And we're like, wow, this, uh, this catering thing's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And we started to figure it out a little bit. And uh, So that really only started happening in like 2008, 2009? We, we dabbled. Yeah, okay. You know, it was a side hustle thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, somebody wants to bring food to their house. We had, <laughs> yeah. no, we had no idea how to do it. Yeah. You know, we were literally the throw it in the back of the trunk, no proper equipment, mm-hmm. just here's your pan of food, yeah. mm-hmm. cater. It was just a side thing, but... Because I feel like I vaguely <laughs> remember during that time, it was, you owned, guys owned Twisted Fork. And, we did. Yeah, and, and I DMs. remember someone saying <clears throat> that, oh, Twisted Fork caters. Yes, yeah. we did barbecue. Were, right, we yeah. were planners at that time, mm-hmm. and... We did a tasting there. We did, at Twisted mm-hmm. Fork. But it mm-hmm. wasn't, I don't know if it was like Rocky Top catering or if it was just Twisted Fork did catering. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it was It was all this giant, integrated... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm colossal mess. You know, yeah. we, we we were just kind of doing it to try to help us survive and transition through that. Our high-end restaurants got killed. Yeah. I mean, we were off 40% wow. at some of our restaurants, you know, in less than a year. Mm-hmm. And I had a tremendous amount of debt at that point. Sure. I, I was a, a, a serial restaurant opener. You know, I was right. like, oh, I got another idea. Let's just open mm-hmm. a restaurant, not worry about the money. Right. So, that all came to a head. We got into the catering. And, you know, I guess from 2013 through 2017, I had seven restaurants at that point, and I sold all but one of them mm-hmm. uh, off and decided to completely commit to the the catering world. Yeah. So what one did you keep? Uh, the Daily Planet Cafe, which oh, is, yeah. you know, we, we still own and operate at the Museum yeah. of Natural Sciences. Okay. And for, you know— Two reasons. One, it's part of our exclusive contract with that museum. Sure. Right. And two, it closes at five o'clock. <laughs> there's no bars. There's no late yeah. nights. There's no drunk people. Yeah. It's easy. It's, it's super. Just a bunch of sandwiches yeah. and chips. I was very mm-hmm. sad when Dean's closed, I have to admit. They, you guys had the best brunch, like Mother's yeah. Day, Father's mm-hmm. Day brunch. We went every year. I was very sad when it closed. It was good yeah. food. See, I loved it too, mm-hmm. but I had to go every year as well <laughs> and work from 7 in the morning until 10 at night. Probably wasn't fun. No, no. <laughs> you were not a fan. <laughs> I, I was. It, it's like a it's like a bad addiction restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I, every once in a while, I'll, I'll tell my wife, I, I kind of have this idea. and She's like, no. She's like, well, you know, you got two choices. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, I kind of like you and yeah. <laughs> like my kids in my house, so. We'll, we'll stick with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good woman there. <laughs> yes, she's smart. Thank God. You got to parlay that when it's the best idea. Can't just be kind of have an idea. No, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just matter. I'm going no. down that road again. Oh, no. It, it, restaurant world's hard. It is hard. The margins are so small, like, and it's just the volume necessary, and I feel like it's so easy to fail at it, really. I feel like it's easy to, like, guess wrong. Yeah, it, it is it, guessing. It, it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about restaurants is you're either trendy yeah. or you become an institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no in-between. And, and I right. kind of, I you know, I went with a lot of trendy stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, the the, the Dean's was mm-hmm. seafood. That mm-hmm. was pretty straightforward. But mm-hmm. even with that, you know, it started to lose a little bit of luster. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was in a decent location, not a great location. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, you end up 
just fighting mm-hmm. to get traffic and mm-hmm. it can wear you out. Yeah. It really can. For sure. So you decided to jump into the catering full time. So sold everything. And then how was that transition? Like, obviously it's a different kind of team. You're not, you still have chefs and we mm-hmm. don't have servers necessarily, but those are more, become more part-time, not like a full-time restaurant staff. So how did you transition that? So, so poorly in the beginning, <laughs> um, for sure, because I treated it, the business like a restaurant mm-hmm. and not like an events business. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, when you, when you open a restaurant, you spend all this money and all this time up front and then you open your doors, you have your grand opening, and boom, mm-hmm. you, you've you've got revenue. And generally, your first year, if you do it right, you do very, you can do very well. Right. Um, and then it's about you know maintaining that that level on the catering side of things. The thing I learned was you've got to spend the money up front mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the most important resource you have, which is your people. Right. So I had to, you know, I, I hired. You know, Kevin Deheimer, mm-hmm. which we all love. Yeah. You know, he was one of my first salespeople. Mm-hmm. And Kathy White was one of my first mm-hmm. salespeople, which who we all love. Yeah. And I had all these salespeople, but there were no sales. Mm-hmm. And then they're telling me, you need hot boxes and you need a chef and we've got to work on this marketing plan. And mm-hmm. you're spending all this money and you're starting to book events, mostly weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're six months, nine months, 12 months out. And right. You're like, well, I just spent all this money, mm-hmm. but there's no money coming in to speak of other than, right. you know, probably at that time, too small a deposit because right. we didn't know what we were doing. Sure. So it, it really, it, it came down to figuring out, okay, I've, I've got to think about from a, from a personnel standpoint, what I have today is going to be reflective of what my business will look like a year and two years down the road. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if you fast forward to now, we just had a phenomenal year if I want to grow next year, I know I need to hire two more salespeople and mm-hmm. I need to hire um, another operations manager and I probably need a couple more salaried chefs. Mm-hmm. And and that's not just from the sales standpoint, but that's to maintain, you know, a, a somewhat respectable work-life balance right. and all the things culturally that are, yeah. that are really important. Yeah. So you mentioned Kevin, who's been with you from the very beginning. So how long has he worked for you, I guess? 18 years. 18 years. Mm -hmm. I'd say 17 years. Yeah. And I feel like that seems to be the case for a lot of your employees. So what do you feel like is the the secret sauce? Like, how do you stay invested in your employees? Well, I I think to, to back that up a little... A lot of my people joke with me about 17 chances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, 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 somebody will mess up and they'll come yeah. up and go, what chance was that? I'll go, mm-hmm. I'll go it was chance 12. Yeah. And th- th- I, I have built my business on a family-owned premise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I come from a, a corporate background and I'm very structure-oriented, very systems-oriented. But with people, I think you have to treat them like family. Mm-hmm. You know, if – if my my son makes a mistake, you know, it's going to be a teachable moment. Right. If my dog, who I love, makes mm-hmm. a mistake, mm-hmm. it's a teachable moment. And that's the way I've approached it with everybody within my business mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, you, you can't just be trigger happy. Right. Um, and, and, that, and I did that in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, in the restaurants, I mean, heck, 20 years ago, if you showed up 15 minutes late three times, I'd, I probably would have let you go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I look back on that approach, I'm like, God, you're so stupid. Because, you know, you let a lot of people go based on a, on a, on a system and, and a, right. just a very black and white, mm-hmm. uh, you know, criteria. Yeah. 
when people aren't black and white, right? You know, it's it's a it's it's this giant world of gray mm-hmm. that you've got to you got to work with within. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been the the number one principle. And then you know the other thing is I have another theory, which is that you teach groups, mm-hmm. but you have to manage individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. I mean, there's not two people on earth that are the same. Yeah, right. So you know, my approach with you know every one of our people and every one of our teammates is going to be completely different from one person to the next. Sure. Yeah. yeah, which is hard because you have a huge staff. Yeah, how many do you have on your staff? I mean, do you have like a cheat sheet of like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all in my head, unfortunately. <laughs> no, and we have we have probably ninety full time people, and I'm guessing it's probably hundred and eighty to two hundred part time mm-hmm. side hustle folks. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of people. It's a lot. It's a lot of personalities. Yeah, I'm even ninety, like in one space, is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of individuals. Obviously, I mean, you said you have the full-time staff, 90 full-time staff, but you also have part-time staff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is, like, that's hard. Like, we've had a hard time with we, we part-time staff. Mm-hmm. Like, we have not figured it out, like, how to get that feeling of loyalty from someone yes. who's not dependent on you for, like, their food and livelihood. Mm-hmm. So, like, how have you had success with your with your part-time staff? I'll tell you, after the spring season, I mean, I, and I and I totally nix any – analysis of last fall. Yeah. It was coming right. out of the pandemic. We were all kind of starting from scratch, sure. right? All of our part-time people that helped us out a lot had just disappeared. Right. You know, they were, I mean, we didn't have work for them for almost two years. Yeah. So I scratched that. So we we did we went on a massive hiring spree. We brought in a bunch of people this past April. And it was not fun. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was a lot of panic hiring. Yeah. And we just made a lot of mistakes. So as soon as we got out of it, we got into out of June and into July, we had a little break. And I sat down, we have a staffing manager, mm-hmm. and I sat down with our operations manager. But this was mainly the front of the house server, servers mm-hmm. and bartenders. Yeah. Okay. Right, know, right, right, right. Because our culinary is is pretty most of those people are full time. Right? Yeah. And we just asked ourselves all the questions that like, okay, what are we doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Because I look at it myself and go, this is a perfect side hustle job yeah. Mm-hmm. for a, a million different people. It could be for a, a teacher mm-hmm. that wants mm-hmm. to make a couple extra bucks on the weekends right. or somebody that's paying off student debt. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, heck, it's great for a college kid. Right. You know, they, right. they can work twice a month, make 400 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of beer money. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a lot of beer money. <laughs> you know, especially if you drink the, 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 the good Miller cheap Light, beer. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so we did a solid analysis of everything we were doing. And, you know, the, the thing that we realized after about a 30-minute conversation, it just, we were not treating our side hustle people the same way that we were our mm-hmm. full-time people. Mm-hmm. You know, our full-time people, it's the family approach. Yeah. Um, and these side hustle folks, we were basically hiring them. And then their first shift was like, oh, you know, you're just going out to this really nice venue called the Bradford. We're going <laughs> to shove you out there. You just go out there and you're going to meet, you're going to go to a venue you've never been to. Yeah. Where you don't know where to park, where you don't know where to, where to enter. Mm-hmm. And you're going to meet an event manager that you've never worked with before. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to kind of throw you to the wolves mm-hmm. and just say, okay, th- you're busing tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've never worked in hospitality, which a lot of these people haven't. What does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we backed up the whole you know, basically I call it the lifespan of the employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked at it from start to finish and we just rebuilt the whole process and decided, okay, they're not going to start at the venue. We're going to rework our orientation. And for our orientation, we gre- everybody comes into our boardroom mm-hmm. and there's hospitality. Right. So we have cake pops mm-hmm. and 
we have dips and a cheese and charcuterie board mm-hmm. and a big thing of drinks. And yeah. we welcome them. We tell them about the, the company. And then for their first shift, they come back to our commissary and they meet the event manager on site. And they and when they meet the person on site, it, you know, they're walking in on a Saturday most times mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of events going out and there's everybody's there. Mm-hmm. So they, they get to meet, you know, myself and Kevin mm-hmm. and bunches of our salespeople right. and they get a feel they, they you're you're almost getting thrown right into the culture right mm-hmm. right off the bat right and we have experienced so much success just with that that little tweak of mm-hmm. bringing them into the fold and making them feel part of the family mm-hmm. instead of just I'm the hired whatever right. that's going to bust tables for 8 hours and go home yeah, yeah. so it's almost like not discounting the onboarding process even for those part-time people so they can really get a grasp of the values and culture and all that. So, Well, yeah, you're getting them to buy into the core values Mm -hmm. and the culture, which is like, you know, we say all the time is number one. And it's so funny how you, how you said that you realize you weren't treating treating them like your full-time staff because that's the truth is we would hire these full-time people. And and we did literally that we would have lunch and breakfast and Mm -hmm. we would bring them into the team. And then when we had these part-time people, a lot of times we don't even see them like, Mm -hmm. because until event day, we have a zoom interview and then, they're filling out their schedule on a spreadsheet and we're sending them an email of confirmation. Oh, you're going to show up here. Your planner is going to be this person. This is what you need to wear or whatever. And we do struggle like maintaining those people. But, you know, yeah. in your mind, it's like, do you invest in the part time? Mm-hmm. Right. Because you you're investing in these full time people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm assuming you agree that if you invest in those part time people, it it's worth it. They stay around longer. Oh, th- no question. I mean, yeah. there, there's no more or less important person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I tell everybody we're all teammates mm-hmm. and I have, I personally have a job, but my job is no more or less important than anybody else on the team. Right. Right. You know, I mean, the dishwasher, the, what they do is incredibly important. Right. You know, I mean, what, but, but that, that server. Right. And that, and that's the person we just completely were discounting. Mm. That server is approaching tables at a wedding mm-hmm. with our logo mm-hmm. on their apron. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, our service is – that's the proof of the pudding. Sure, that's, right. That's our marketing. Yep. I, I mean, I, I'm not putting up billboards to mm-hmm. say, hey, let us cater your wedding. Right. I mean, the only way we market is, is we go to a venue and we serve great food and we provide great service. Right. Because end of the day, I mean, nobody's going to recommend us if that's not what we're doing. Totally. I mean, I think that's – that's hospitality. It's the crux of hospitality. And so many <clears throat> businesses don't understand that, that it is the interactions with guests because, and and it goes for us as a venue, they don't understand where the venue starts and stops. And so if they have a bad interaction with a caterer, like we get the bad review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like, oh, I went to a wedding here and the service was terrible. And I just be like, I didn't hire that <laughs> caterer. <laughs> but for us, it's really important that we partner with people that understand that. So they're like, they have that same value uh, of it. But yeah, I mean, they're going to, and I think good food, 100%. People will remember People will remember terrible food, and they will remember amazing food, but they will mm. always, 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 always remember how they felt and how they were served. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking earlier before we got on mm-hmm. about the Angus Barn, and, yeah. and that – I was just – I haven't been there in so long because I'm, I'm in hospitality. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm working during the holidays. And right. Yeah. To go there last night and to – I mean, every person you interacted with. I mean, mm-hmm. before we even got in the door, the valet parkers were just, you know, the hospitality was just mm-hmm. yeah. off the charts, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, and then everybody that just comes to your table, that's their gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 
their approach last night, I was talking to my wife about this, mm-hmm. is very similar to what I try to do. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of the the hurry up and wait mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. It's like you never see anybody scrambling at the Angus Barn. Right. Everybody's just doing their thing mm-hmm. and you know, and it's not like the service is slow, it's right. expedient. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the same thing that that I look at with what we do in, mm-hmm. in, in our realm of hospitality is mm-hmm. people shouldn't see us running around the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, trying to execute your wedding as quickly and as best as we can. We have to have, yeah, you know, good, happy, qualified people on hand. For sure. Yeah. Which I think you do. Yeah. I've always, I've always felt that way. I agree. So I think like getting back to just kind of thinking 180 part-time employees and 90 full-time employees, like how do you take a step back? Like how do you utilize mm. your team to be able, are you able to take a step back? Well, it's, Everything is a roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, thing for me. Yeah. Um, I have very specific things that I have to do in my in my seat on the bus. Mm-hmm. Right. There are things that I don't have to do that I do anyway as a teammate. Uh-huh. So, for, for example, you know, tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, and Saturday night, I'm going to be at events. Okay. Mm-hmm. That event's not going to go any better because I'm there. Mm-hmm. Right. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to a big buffet tonight for like 300 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does not matter that I'm going to be there from an execution standpoint. What matters is from a culture standpoint, this is one of the busiest weeks of the year. Yeah. And I'm going to be there for my teammates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm just helping serve the mashed potatoes or mm-hmm. helping bus tables, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But that, that to me is a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. As far as stepping back, I'm not great at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do take my time when the time is... Available, um, available to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. January, I won't work a single weekend, you know. Yeah. February, yeah. I pro- probably won't work maybe but one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 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 I feel like from what we do for a living, I think that's a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. If we had 15 weddings on a Saturday and I was just kind of chilling at the beach having a bourbon, I don't know that I could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I don't think – I think it's a – I totally agree because I think it also endears your team to you because I think – and this is, I think, what's hard in corporate, right? Is a lot of times you don't even see, you don't see the CEO, you don't see the owner, right? You see upper level managers and whatnot. And when they are having a hard time and they are having a rough week, you don't really see that person coming down and saying like, how can I help? How can I make this better? And I feel like that's what corporate lacks is hospitality. And it's hospitality, not just to their clients necessarily, but to their team and that very kind of servant attitude. Mm-hmm. And it's where you get these really toxic work cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's it's easy to do it unintentionally. And for us, like we have, to, we've taken a lot of steps back. So we don't even really go to events at all. And we had hired somebody and they were kind of doing like a hybrid, um, taking off some Bradford stuff off our plates and then also doing some C&D stuff. And we just packed her schedule and, you know, and she, the whole time she's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So it wasn't fine. And then we were gone. We were on vacation and we're coming back and we're just getting a download. And one of our people said, look, this person literally had a breakdown at this event. And I was like, oh, well, what happened? She's like, she's just super overwhelmed. And from my perspective, I looked at it and I was like, I mean, I've been so much busier, right? But I recognize it's her first time in this job. She is a perfectionist. She wants to do it super well. And like, and she wants, and she cares so much about it. So she's putting so much energy and effort into it that it's stressing her out, overwhelming her. So 
I called her and I was like, hey, how are you? She's like, I'm fine. I was like, are you really fine? I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tattle, but someone said you had a moment. She's like, I, I had a moment. And, <laughs> and I was like, well, how about this? Like, let me take some of these weddings off of your plate, like these Bradford weddings where I don't have to do anything but be the venue person. I just got to show up, right? And make sure the lights are on, bathrooms stay clean, no one burns down the building. You know, I can do that just right. fine. And she was like, no, no, it's it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, no, like, let me do this for you. Like you're as like, this is not a slide against you. You're not going to get a demerit from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> None of that. But let me, let me do this for you as someone who, as your support person. And she did. And it was great. And I felt like it really like went a long way with the team because I think sometimes when you don't do that, you're up here to them, like you're way up above and you're kind of barking orders. And then it's not sometimes when you get in their level and you're digging in the trenches when you're literally cleaning out a septic tank mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at their events, they're like, oh, okay, well, you yeah. know, you're you're on my side. I don't know. But I also think like when you get to be a – you're doing a certain volume of business, right, and you're as busy. Like it's – one of the things that we learned really quickly is that our time is better served, not client-facing. Like that we are going to make a much stronger team and be so much more effective – by being able to be that, you know, mm-hmm. firefighter and step in and be like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but you're here and I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. our, like, mental ability to be able to say, it's not a big deal for me to take these few weddings from you. Like, I don't feel burned out from all the rest mm-hmm. of the things that I'm doing, I think is so critical. And I think there are a lot of people in their business, they get stuck in that spot where it's like they can't quite figure out how to delegate. They kind of overbook themselves on that, like only I can do it, or maybe they're worried about the financial Mm -hmm. aspects of hiring a manager or someone in between you and the client. And I think really it does your culture a disservice Mm -hmm. because you're not able, because you don't have the bandwidth to like step in and do what it is you need to do as an owner or as a higher level manager or whatnot, I think for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. One of the the sayings or expressions that, that I hate is people will tell you, well, it's your business and Nobody's going to do it the way you do it. Mm. I hope they do it better than I do it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's why y'all are successful. Is yep. you, When I go to events or when I'm working within the business and I'm not 30,000 feet up, yeah. I, I have to realize, don't go OCD. Oh, yeah. There's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> and unless it's like something that's really going to alter the guest experience, the client experience, mm-hmm. stay the hell out of it. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know? But otherwise, you know, I don't want everybody to do it the way I do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a restaurant guy. You know, I'm a caterer now, Mm -hmm. but my background was was restaurants. And I I love listening to different perspectives. I'm not going to agree with all of them, but, you know, if Kevin Deheimer comes to me and, you know, he's he's coaching me on something. We we actually had had an issue yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got... I, I had an opinion. I got frustrated with something, and he was like, "Well, you know, you may want to kind of just hear hear us out on how to approach this." So, mm-hmm. and Vicky came in, who's worked for me for forever, and yeah. Vicky knows how to handle me better than anybody. We have heard know? that. <laughs> we have heard that for yeah. sure. But between the two of them, you know, they they kind of talked me off the ledge, and they yeah. gave mm-hmm. me the service approach with that particular client that we mm-hmm. needed to have. Mm-hmm. That you have to be able to respect and know that your way is not always yeah. the right way, right? Hey everyone, I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. We are the owners of Hustle & Gather Consulting. We began our consulting business because our goal is to empower you with the knowledge and the enthusiasm to take those big steps in your business. We're excited to offer VIP days that provide up to five hours of one-on-one time with our team to help you navigate challenges within your business. 
Whether that's overcoming an obstacle, hiring that perfect team, or taking steps to expand into new territories, we want to help you achieve those milestones. Head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can help you. For sure. Yeah. So what are some other things that you feel like in your company that kind of those core values, that company culture that helped that you think helps retain your employees? So obviously getting in the trenches with them is super important. But what are some other things that you do to help with that retention? Our philanthropic work's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I, I think that is really, really important to Mm -hmm. a lot of my teammates. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of it during COVID. But Mm -hmm. before that, we still were involved with a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, we feed the homeless every month at Oak City Cares. Mm -hmm. Um, We're very involved with a place at the table downtown. Mm -hmm. And then I sit on the board of a group called Overflowing Hands, Mm -hmm. and we do a lot of work all over the place. Mm -hmm. And they they recognize that. And, you know, I mean, I'm going on a mission trip Mm -hmm. on Sunday for Mm -hmm. two days in Kentucky. Yeah. And we are so stupid busy this week. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I still ask these guys, we're we're doing Christmas for 20 families. Mm -hmm. And I ask my, my... my culinary teammates, can you guys help me out? I want to pack out meals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I can't believe I just asked them to yeah. do that. They're all working like to death this week. Right. And the, nobody flinched. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like, no problem. We got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing 1,200 meals for the community, Christmas meals for the community on Monday. That's 40 more. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And they're That's like, no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- these guys will – I know my chefs. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are all er- early birds. Three or four of them will probably show up on Monday morning at three or four in the morning to mm-hmm. do these meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but that that right there, that knowing that this is more than just dropping as much as you can to the bottom right-hand corner. Sure. Yeah. And that it's important for all of us to, you know, mm-hmm. participate in, in, in the community work. It's, yeah. That's I, – I think that's a really big deal. Yeah. I, I think that is totally a big deal. And, yeah. And, you know, all the – all the little stuff is big stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we know when everybody's work anniversary is. Mm-hmm. We know when everybody's birthday is. Mm-hmm. Anybody in, in the, our main commissary building, when it's their birthday, we're, we, we ask them what they want for lunch. And then we buy lunch for everybody in the building. Wow. Employee of the month programs. Mm-hmm. People may think they're hokey. I don't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we get that person and we get everybody in the building and we make that announcement once a month mm-hmm. and you know people beam with 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 pride yeah. they're, mm-hmm. they're they're like wow yeah y- you know yeah it's it goes it, we talk a lot about gratitude and appreciation mm-hmm. and for us <clears throat> that has been the thing that we have found that creates that company culture and maintains those employees and and what's interesting is when we first started, I always thought appreciation was just like, oh, I said thank you or, or I expressed my gratitude in a nice note or whatever. But it's it's seeing them for who they are. So things like mm-hmm. Employee of the Month and recognizing, you know, you have busted your ass all month and I mm-hmm. see it and I see all the effort and the energy and they feel validated. Like, okay, like I'm working for someone that that respects that, respects my time and my efforts and my energy and my talents. And, you know, and you don't find that everywhere. You don't find it anywhere a lot of times like in the Mm -hmm. world like we just don't have that ability for someone to to really see who we are you know Mm -hmm. so I think that really I think you're absolutely right it goes such a long way and and I think that's what gratitude is is yeah accepting who they are where they are on every level Mm -hmm. right you're not trying to change them you're not trying to say like I don't like this about you and I want you to be xyz it's like you know what this weird talent that you have I didn't understand actually is amazing Mm -hmm. we're going to celebrate that you know no no that's awesome Mm mm-hmm yeah. I, yeah, I think I think something else that's really important is just not to sweat the nonsense or sweat 
mm. the details. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it goes back to the, the family business thing. And I, I can give you a couple examples. Yeah. You know, I, I have an employee that had a, a knee issue and he had to go out in the middle of the holidays. He's a key team teammate and he had to get his knee done. Mm-hmm. And he's out not long enough to get short-term disability, mm-hmm. but long enough to where he's going to miss three or four paychecks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. There's no way I'm not going to pay the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not even a discussion. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just what it's going to be is mm-hmm. he's going to be on payroll. Mm-hmm. You just don't, you, you can't worry about the little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can't let money get in the way mm-hmm. of good sense and doing the right thing and, you know, just general kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you know? that's just instilled in you or do you feel like that's something that you had to develop over time? Because I think that's a really hard thing as a business owner to say. Everybody evolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm completely different than I probably sure. was as a, as a business owner 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I'd be totally full of crap if I said when I was first starting out that it was like, ah, money for everybody. I don't care. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you're in a situation when you get started, you got immense got no amounts money. of debt. Yeah, sure. You know, you're not making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I mean. There's no money to be had. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when we first started, with our with our first restaurant, I mean, heck, I think I paid myself thirty two thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, it took us I mean, years to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even five hundred years well, ago, that was wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. two of us. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you get to the point where you just have to you have to realize, you know, you've been blessed. Your yeah. you know your your business is doing well, and everybody's got to participate mm-hmm. in that, and mm-hmm. everybody's got to feel feel that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think it's just a mindset that money that wealth is not just about money either. And I think, mm-hmm. and especially business wealth isn't about your actual bottom line, what your profits are. For us, our wealth and our business is our people and the fact that I I have a lot more time. Mm-hmm. And I have the time because I pay my people well, because, you know, we're kind to them. We want to take care of them. We want to, we don't want them to burn out. We do, we safeguard that. Mm-hmm. And that creates wealth to me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think there's just this misconception that, it's all about the bottom dollar. It's all about, you know, the money. And and I think that when you, and you said this before, like when you invest in those people, that money does get so much bigger and you, so much better. And you know what's fun? I don't know how far we are into this conversation. Mm-hmm. But we haven't talked about money one time. Right. Oh, really? you, you all didn't mention money. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention money. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about benefits or 401ks or mm-hmm. health insurance. Yeah. And all that stuff's important. It I is. mean, got to have it. Let, let's not fool ourselves, but none of it, had anything to do with this conversation until until this point, right, mm-hmm. right. which means you know, at least what it means to me is mm-hmm. is it's it's not first and foremost. Right. Like I don't I don't think I'll ever lose somebody because of money. I'm gonna right. lose I'll lose somebody because you know for for, for a cultural reason. Mm-hmm. You know, meaning they don't want to work Saturdays and Sundays right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, but I, I I don't think I can't remember the last time I lost somebody because of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's never, I agree it's with never that. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fairly similar for us. Yes. Do, you, do y'all do like an evaluation when you, when you lose somebody? Like, do you look at it and go, okay, especially like a good person, like somebody, you, yeah. somebody that was a teammate you just love. Do you, do you ever well, like reflect on it and go, gosh, what could we have done different or? We have fired people. 
Well, sure, sure. And we've had people that have left because of obvious reasons, like they got their husband was transferred out of the state or they were moving to another state. But we've never really had anybody. I think I think probably our last salesperson before Molly was one where we had to take a step back and ask why. Mm-hmm. And and I think she it was Maggie. I mean, yeah. I'm not it's Maggie. Maggie, <laughs> which <laughs> we're still great friends today. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those situations where she wanted to move to Denver. But I think the call to Denver started because of a deep unseated happiness truly where she was. And she would never say that because she like she still calls us on her work on the mm-hmm. day we hired her every year on December oh, 4th. Mm-hmm. Cool. And she said, this is the day you guys hired me and changed my life, you know? Mm-hmm. like, And so I don't think it was because she was wholly unhappy with the team. I felt like she was feeling stagnant in her life and that the job was no longer serving her. And as her employers... We did not take the time to say, how can I make this your dream job? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to make it so that you can grow? And and maybe the answer would have been nothing, right? But I, I can't say that with all certainty that that would have been her answer. And I can't say with all certainty that if we hadn't served her in that way that she would have told, you know, her person, like, you know what? This is my dream job and I love it here and I can't fathom moving to Denver and that's just not an option for me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she would have picked us over him or anything like that. I just, I think that there, for us, like that was a moment where I had to take a step back and like, we're doing one-on-ones in January and I, and I have them filling out this sheet. And one of the question is, is, you know, what is it that you felt like you failed this year on like you personally? And then what are some steps that you feel like you can take? What are steps that I need to take for you? Like, how can I ensure your success and how can I make sure that this becomes a job of everything that you want it to be? Because I'm not faultless in it, you mm-hmm. know. Our one-on-ones, your annual reviews. Yeah. So we just do like those annual reviews and like make sure that we're all on the same page. Sure. And make sure that they're, they want to grow in the same place too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's hard in this industry. Like it's hard. There's, all, there's, there's a ceiling for mm-hmm. a lot of people if you're not an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There's only so far you can go. And so it's how can I make you feel like you're not hitting that ceiling, you know. It's just, it's hard. Sometimes it, it is. Sometimes you're just like, ah, the only right. way I can do that is by giving you possibly a better paycheck. Or or ownership, profit yeah, sharing. Right, all yeah, that. Yeah. Like, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. there's not, like, I can't give you any more responsibility. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I can, we can talk about training. We could talk about doing mm-hmm. more education so you can better, better yourself, which we're all about. But, you know, there's only so far you can go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's, it's a tough question. And it's and it's hard, and and when we f- have failed at people, we are very bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And there's many Shame. many times I'm just like, well, that person just didn't appreciate our culture, and that person, blah blah blah. And it normally takes a couple months, and I'm like, well, maybe it's because we really sucked at managing this person. Right. <laughs> like, mm. maybe there is a little bit of fault here that like we have to own, and like so yeah. we don't do it again. Um, but it it's not our immediate reaction of like, oh, it's our fault because. Mm-hmm. There's a little pride in there. I mean, we've had it recently. We had, Mm -hmm. we didn't, this person didn't, I thought we were mutually agreed to part ways, but then when we actually did decide to part ways, we found out it wasn't quite mutual at that time. And um, it took, it didn't take us long to get to the bottom of like, okay, we really did fuck that up. You know, like it really was like, it didn't take us the whole months. It was like weeks where we were like, Mm -hmm. yeah. We did not do a good job managing this person. We've mm-hmm. been left with a mess here. Clearly, she was overwhelmed, and she we had no idea, you know. And right. So, I mean, I think it comes quicker and quicker now because I I think that I think part of having a great team and having great culture and 
being able to build is also understanding like who you are as a manager mm-hmm. and realizing that there's just some personality types and some people that you're not going to be able to manage. And that is okay. We don't mm-hmm. have to ascribe a good or a bad label to that. It just is. And being okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. You know? People grow out of positions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in this industry. Yeah. You know, yes. That, that, that's the one where- It's a lot of know, Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you know, it's like, okay, you're working 45 Saturdays a year mm-hmm. and then things change. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, maybe you get married and mm-hmm. have a kid. Yeah. Like, right. Man. I want to hit a basketball game every now and again uh, with them, right? I want to go to I want to go to the soccer game. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do Disney on Ice. And, yes, you know, and all this stuff's on weekends. I, I mean, I'm a parent, and mm-hmm. I get it. And you have to have that balance, but I can't manage the balance for one of my teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, because balance is an individual thing. Right. My balance is give me my Sunday off. Please don't call me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want to be home for dinner with my family mm-hmm. three, four, five nights a week if I can. That's right. a big deal for me. That's my balance. Right. Yeah. But for, for others, everybody's going to have a different definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's – those are the ones where, you know, we have we have that happen from time to time where I'll have somebody who's been around for five, six, seven years. They love their job, but their personal situations change. Yeah. And they're trying to balance this thing out mm-hmm. at home with their significant other or spouse – that, that's where you have to kind of see the writing on, on the mm-hmm. wall and, and figure out how you coach them up or coach them into, you know, a new direction. Right. And it is hard. And I, for us, like we hire a lot of young people. And so they are mm-hmm. just starting their life. And the the scariest thing is when someone tells us they're pregnant. And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> like so happy for you. <laughs> it's amazing being a mother and a parent. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like all I can think of is your life is about to change in ways you have no idea. Mm-hmm. No idea. Mm-hmm. And for us, I would love it to be like, okay, I would love to find a position for you where you're working Monday through Friday, nine to five, but that's not the industry, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes, sometimes we can find a hybrid scenario or we can do that. And sometimes it's just, you know what, like this is what's best for you. And we want to help support you in this in this journey of wherever you are. If they decide yeah. that they don't want to, they can't work. You know the the forty five fifty weekends, mm-hmm. um, and those have been and it's been hard because they've been great employees and they're so good at their job. But it's mm-hmm. just you know that they will eventually be terrible at their job because they're so miserable. That yeah. was our CEO Allison. Yeah, I loved Allison. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was so awesome. She was like, you know. The yang to my yang, mm-hmm. you know, she's the, she, you know, she's one of those people that I appreciate so much because she had absolutely no problem telling me exactly what I didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. She'd, she'd tell me, nope, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work that way. So on and so forth. But anyway, you know, she, her and her husband had kids, mm-hmm. had one, a couple years later had another, all of a sudden they're one and three, two and four, mm-hmm. three and five, mm-hmm. you know, and She's the CEO of a pretty big catering company, yeah. yeah. you know, and she had a lot of the same, you know, principles that I had. You know, mm-hmm. she was never going to let her teammates down, mm-hmm. you know. So all of a sudden she's looking at it like, well, this isn't going to work for me personally, and she had right. to move on. And and I respect her for it, but yeah. heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, all the people I've lost in 25 years, like that one was just like. A gut punch. A huge gut punch. I'm like, no. <laughs> Was, like, and, and I was willing to do anything. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll triple your salary, <laughs> and you can just work on Mondays. Just <laughs> don't go. Just, just work from ten to one o'clock at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I, I was getting completely unreasonable. I was like, all right, and she knew it. Yeah, and, and she she knew what was required. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes you can only do so much. Yeah, 
That's yeah. So true. We have some like epic hiring and firing stories. Yes. We didn't know if you'd want to share any epic hiring or firing stories. I'm sure you have some doozies. There hasn't been a lot in recent history. Yeah. Mm. J- just because I've I've become such an over communicator and I've mm. really preached that to my team. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned your one-on-ones earlier. Mm. And one thing I always tell the leadership of our company is if you go into a review, your one-on-one, and anything is discussed that comes up as a surprise mm. to your teammate that you're doing the review with, you've completely and utterly failed at your job. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I if I just came up to you and said, you know, I, I just can't believe how terrible your uniform is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you not have an iron? Can do, mm. do you not wash your apron? I mean, what's happening? And if that's the first time that person's hearing that, that's that's not a them problem. That's mm-hmm. a you problem. Right. Because yep. you didn't set the expectation level yeah. correctly. Right. But that's that's generally where we get into trouble is when, when that's the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like for us, when we've gotten into trouble with firing is when we have taken, we have too much emotionally invested. Like we're too concerned about that person that we're firing's feelings and uh, where they're going to go next. And we tend to discount all the rest of the team that's thriving and doing well to keep this one person on. Kind of, You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that, like as our business has grown and as our team has grown, the team is more important than the individual, mm-hmm. right? And so when you have the individual that's really just not working out, as much as you care about them because you've taken time and you've invested in their personality and all that, if it's not working out, the team has to be paramount. Like mm-hmm. it has to be more important than that person. And I feel like when we've gotten it wrong, it's been when we were just hyper-focused on that person and yeah. not necessarily the team. And it's hard. It's hard to balance the humanity of business sometimes, Yeah, you know, because yep. – they are humans first. They're not just my employees. And I I find that for us, like what we we make bad choices because we make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We assume that this person would prefer to know six weeks out this is going to be their last date <laughs> because we want to give them <laughs> no the cushion to <laughs> yeah. find a job. Mm-hmm. And that was our assumption. And it's and for them, going to work for six weeks knowing they weren't wanted was hell for them. <laughs> yeah. They felt terrible, right? And so it's just, it, and that's literally what it is. It's just like, okay, so understanding who that person is and understanding like what their tolerance level is and, and, and if they actually cared, right. Mm-hmm. And, and what that one epic, one of our epic firings was that. And it was like, you know what, it would have just been better if we just pulled her one day and said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't working, working out. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you two weeks severance to get your feet off, off the ground. Let us know how we can support you and peace out. Pe- bye. Yeah. Like, thank mm-hmm. you. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know. We we talk about s- staff every week. We get these end of shift reports. All of our event managers have to fill them out, and it's everything from who performed well, were there any uniform issues, did we run out of food? Mm-hmm. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. We always talk about this, and we were actually in our staff meeting yesterday, and we had two people, a, a lead, a lead in the kitchen, and then the event manager. And both of these people, they're on chance 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you know, they're on the edge. They're on the edge. And it has nothing to do with work ethic. It mm-hmm. has to do with how they treat their coworkers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I finally, you know, we were having this conversation about them in the meeting. And I, and I finally looked at everybody. I was like, you know, this isn't about anything other than how they make everybody else yeah. on their team feel. Mm-hmm. And that to me is probably. It's the cancer thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, yep. it, it, it makes everything worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, everybody was like, well, we, we shouldn't put those two together on an event. 
And I was like, that is the worst strategy ever. <laughs> right. I go, if they're bad together, they're they're going to be bad separate. Right. right. And and keeping keeping them on and it's it, like, it's, why are you going to poison two wells and not one? That, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And and to me, it's when 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 you have a really good culture within your business and mm-hmm. you build that up and you've got a bunch of high performing people, people like that that don't perform or they don't have the right attitude, they really really stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and that's where it's kind of. It's weird, but it's kind of a positive to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that person, although they have strengths, those couple weaknesses, mm-hmm. the rest of the team's not tolerating it. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know. Yeah. No. And where 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 it all goes wrong is when you when everyone sees it and you are silent about it and you don't mm-hmm. take care of it because then they think, well, now I can have this bad behavior, right? Or they think, well, they would rather have they valued this person over my own feelings and how. Mm-hmm how I have felt about it and it, and they lose all respect for you. Like, and it, it doesn't come from a place of, and that's not the truth. It's not because you, re- you like that person more or whatever. It comes from, I don't know, just that maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's, you don't know how to deal with the situation. Like maybe you don't know if firing you're, you're in that internal battle. And so for us, like a lot of it, it's just about transparency with them. It's just saying like, you know, we understand that, but it's, creating that zero tolerance policy. Like mm-hmm. these are things where you don't have 17 chances on. You have one chance, like yeah. one chance to change it. And if you don't change whatever this is, these very high, high value things, it's just, it's not a good fit and it's done, you know? And that's yeah. okay. You're, we're just not, it's we're not the right company gone. for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, integrity issues, you know, stealing, yes. lying, and then just the, the general or attitude yes. that, yeah. where you're, you know, polluting the well. Yeah. Those are the things to me that you just can't, Mm-mm. you can't have chances on. Those you need can't. to be very quick conversations. Yes. I mean, li- lying or stealing, especially stealing, sure. that's that's right. a, yeah. you know, adios right. conversation. That's <laughs> right. quick. Yeah. But but the other stuff, it's, you know, you're you're not a very happy person. Is it right. is it the job or mm-hmm. is it just you? This isn't <laughs> the right season for you too. I mean, everyone goes through stuff. So we like to like, and on a positive note here, and we loved all of your insight, but what's been the most rewarding part of starting Rocky Top and like kind of spearheading that ship? I think it really comes down to this whole conversation we're having. It's the family that mm-hmm. you built, the work family I have. You know, I have so many people that I've worked with for a long time and, you know, that I feel like are just an extension of my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've been, we've been successful. We've, we've, you know, made all the money we'll ever need and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. I mean, that's, that's obviously important, mm-hmm. but you know, I've I've had a job for the last twenty five years that I, I really enjoy going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I there there are very few days, no matter how busy we are, how crazy things are, no matter what I have to deal with, I'm like, oh, God, do I not want to go to work today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think I, I think that's a blessing. Yeah, I, I think I, so too. I I don't think I I think I think that's a one percenter thing mm-hmm. where. You know, you really wake up and you're like, okay, this is cool. I'm ready. Yeah. To, I'm ready to go to work. I think a lot of people are not in that situation. Yeah, no, I, I agree do. with that. Yeah, yeah. Do y'all love going to going to work? I do. I mean, I love going. I, I love being with the team. Mm-hmm. I love going to work, and I love what I do. There are certain aspects, like you know, there's maybe like a task that I have to do. That's like, like for example, I review and pick all the insurance. I swear to God, I'm doing that when I get back today. I have to finish our general liability yes. insurance, it's and it is. I, I'd rather, like I'd rather sends, walk on hot coals. And if Erie sends me yeah. one more audit, I swear I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm like, I just filled out this audit. I don't understand. Like nothing's changed. 
Yeah. And I it's just also, ditto from the last audit. So oh, I mean like funny. so some <laughs> things like that, yeah. like I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily love that task, but mm-hmm. you know, it falls into like the financial like aspect purview of it's her like, lane. That's my lane. It's that's my mine. job. So mm-hmm. I gotta do it. But you know, like being with, you know, the girls, we have mm-hmm. all girls on our team. Uh and you know, being able to teach and working with Dana and mm-hmm. walking in, walking into something every day that you've created, kind of mm-hmm. like living this dream that you at one point had, I think uh, is certainly like super rewarding. There's definitely times I don't want to get out of bed, but I don't think that has anything to do with my job. Mm-hmm. It has to do with maybe like the temperature or <laughs> right, right. <laughs> how much I drank the night before, how tired I am, right. you know? That was me this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a third old fashioned last night. I mm-hmm. looked at my wife. I'm like, I, Three old fashions on a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, what That's in God's Tuesday. name is happening here? Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was a bad it was bad choices. It was a vodka drink, champagne, white wine, red wine, and then back to champagne. And I was like, Oof. who did yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was me. I was possessed. <laughs> I was possessed by something. It was like, who does that? Who does that? Yeah, but I'm I'm up here. <laughs> it's not been that bad, but yeah. Courtney yeah. did get me a Big Mac on the way home, which was like, it, that is my saving oh, grace. If I can eat a go. burger true. before mm-hmm. I go to bed, I can normally survive the next day. She saved your life. She did, literally. Mm-hmm. My favorite story of Dana, uh, she said on the, pod, on the podcast, I can't remember what we're doing. We're just hanging out. She's like, do you want to hear some shame? <laughs> I've not told anybody this. <laughs> it's on the podcast now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you had just gone to your 20-year Super embarrassing. I feel like I'm blushing. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Lo- this, is, this, is, this is epic. <laughs> and she was leaving the party, right? That she does. Uh, and she always likes to be stopping, like literally, like almost mm-hmm. always stopping at a hamburger to spend lots of drink. And I don't know, where, where'd you stop first? McDonald's. She stopped mm-hmm. at McDonald's. Got a whole meal. Got a whole meal. A Big Mac mm-hmm. meal, right? Big Mac. A Big Mac, French favorite. fries, all those things. Drove down the road. She's like, and I was still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so then you stopped at Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and got another meal. Another burger. And I get the french fries. Ate the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> it was fine the next day. <laughs> it was fine the next day. But I told Courtney, I was like, it was literally a week later. I was like, it was so shameful. <laughs> Do you like, hear the shameful thing? <laughs> I was like, what is she about to tell me? <laughs> I, I don't understand the science between the grease... <laughs> Fixing a hangover uh, thing, but gosh, I mean, it, it works. It does. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. is, it is. It is. It I is usually cheap. wait to the next morning. I mean, sometimes yeah. I have to do yeah. that too. A hearty. It made me laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> and laugh and laugh and laugh. I was like, "That is impressive. Oh, That's a lot of food." <laughs> <laughs> That's very. Hungry. I didn't have dinner, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So all right. Well, it's been fun. I know, so fun. <laughs> Hearing my yeah, shameful. Thanks for having me. That was great. Secret. <laughs> it's got to keep it real on this podcast. I don't know. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about team building. To learn more about Rocky Top Catering, you can visit rockytopcatering.com or follow at rocky underscore top underscore caters on Instagram. And to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.